I've always loved the book of Ruth. I remember from being a small child being fascinated by this story. It was one of the stories in my children's Bible. I was fascinated by a young woman who would give up everything to care for her mother-in-law, who would follow, um, it's become a bit of a, a joke if you're in small groups, this bitter old woman, uh, and look after her, go to a completely new country. But for years I've been under something of a misapprehension about it. I thought that this was just a love story in the sense of boy meets girl, that sort of love story. Of course, it is a love story, but it, it's bigger. It's about God's love for each and every one of us. It's about God's love and mercy and grace. And it was only when we spent some time with uh, Peter Whittington uh, preparing for this sermon series that it really struck home that it's not just um, a love story. It's also It also has so much resonance for us today. It's very easy to think of Ruth as just being this lovely little story tucked away in the Bible. But it has so much to say to us. It speaks to our world. It speaks to the situations that we find ourselves in. And this passage that Gordon read for us today has much to say about how we should live as followers of Christ and about the care and the love and the respect that we should show to other people. Now, this comes out of um, the two people who are central to this passage, and the first one is Boaz. We met him last week, right at the end of our passage. We met him in verse 4. We all know that Boaz is a wealthy man. We know that. But there's something more about Boaz. It's not just about his wealth. His name um, implies that he's a, he's a strong man, uh, a warrior-type figure. Um, we know that he's honorable and respected. But there's much more than that because Boaz is a man of God. And that is the really important thing here. His life is shot through with God. God is in every detail of his life. How he lives, how he works, how he treats other people. Now, the writer of this book makes it clear, and, and he, he really emphasizes this so that we we have this clear in our minds. He makes it clear that we realize this by recording the greeting between Boaz and his workers. God is with Boaz. God is in every aspect of his life. He's a good employer. He supports and protects Ruth this migrant gleaner in his fields. I mean, look at the instructions that he gives his men. He tells them to leave her alone, not to touch her. 
Look at the advice he gives to Ruth, the care in his words to her. And not only does he follow God's instructions not to harvest up to the very edge of the field or go back for the grain that's been dropped in order that the the poor may have food, he goes beyond what is expected. We know um, as we, we read on that he provides extra gleanings for Ruth. And we know that he provides food for her and, and drink for her. He tells her, when you're thirsty, go and have a drink from the water jars. I don't know if you're responsible for people at work or if you have been responsible for people at work in your working lives. If you have staff who look up to you, staff who you care for, or even... What about colleagues at work? Do they see God in you? This passage, though, is much more than being a good employer because Boaz shows us how we should treat other people, how we should treat the people we live with, our families, our neighbours, the people we work with, the people we see each and every day. It's about attitude, our attitude to the poor, our attitude to those who are marginalized by society for whatever reason. It's about how we treat the refugees, how we treat those seeking asylum amongst us. Do we go beyond what is expected? Do people see Christ in us? And then Ruth. Ruth cares for Naomi. Ruth isn't sent out to work in the fields. She goes willingly, as we heard last week. Because on that road that day, she made a covenant with Naomi. It's much more than a promise. It was a covenant to love and care and also to provide for her. And Ruth shows great humility. She doesn't demand a handout. And she doesn't presume a right to glean. She asks. She asks to be allowed to gather up the leftovers after the reapers are done. Reminds me a bit of the woman who came to Jesus and said, You know, Lord, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And Ruth works hard. She's working from early morning until evening. She's showing initiative. She's showing humility. She's showing industry or hard work. And so there is much to learn and admire uh, from Ruth. But for me, the most important part of the passage comes in the conversation between Ruth and Boaz, which we read in verses 10 to 13. And it's something that um, struck me really for the first time as I prepared this sermon. And it comes out of Ruth's question. Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me? You see, Ruth doesn't expect special treatment. She's actually astonished that someone 
is so kind to her. And that is so different from us today. Because, you know, we expect, we expect to be treated well. We all know our rights. And we're astonished and resentful if we don't get what we think we're owed. But what is really interesting about the conversation is Boaz's answer to Ruth. We're going to read verses 11 and 12 again. Boaz replied, I have been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother and your homeland to come and live with a people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you richly May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take shelter. I don't know about you, but I've always thought that it was because Ruth was so kind to Naomi. I thought somehow that she had earned Boaz's love and care and respect. But again, I've missed the point. It's because, and the clue is there in Boaz's reply, it's because she has left everything to find refuge under God's wings. Grace cannot be earned. God's not rewarding Ruth because of the love she has shown to Naomi. It's because she's left everything to find refuge under his wings. It's a common teaching in the Old Testament. For example, in Psalm 57 we read, Be merciful to me, God, for in you my soul takes refuge. In the shadow of your wings, I will take refuge. And think back again to what Ruth said to Naomi on the road when she refused to go back. She said she was going to go on with Naomi. She said these words, Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. We don't know. Perhaps Ruth saw something in Naomi. Saw that the protection of Naomi's God was better than anything else. So Ruth set her heart on God for her hope and her joy. She honored God by admitting her need and by taking refuge in his love and generosity. And that's all we have to do. Take refuge under the wings of God. Stop justifying ourselves and our actions. Stop relying on ourselves. Stop glorifying ourselves. But admit our need of God's love, protection, and grace. And when we do that, then we will find freedom 
true freedom to be the people that God wants us to be, to live and work and be for him. Freedom from the past, freedom from all the things that hold us back and would deny us God's love and peace. Uh, I was reminded very much this week, I've been singing this song to to myself, because you know I'm not a good singer. I've been singing it to myself all week. There's a wonderful worship song um, that's written by Matt Mayer. Uh, called Lord I Need You and it's all about how we daily need God's love and grace and mercy in our lives and there's a wonderful line in it for where you are Lord I am free God is looking for people who like Ruth will take refuge under his wings who will leave behind all that would hold them back from a life of love and peace. Can you do that? Can you do that today? Can you be like Ruth and surrender your will and all you would, and all that would hold you back to the love and protection of God? Because we're only going to be free, truly free, when we do that.